Hi, and welcome back to Financial Residency Grand Rounds with Dr. Tammy. We have been doing a block of podcasts recently focused on different areas of contract negotiations. We started out with negotiating your first attending contract, moved on to how to effectively get out of a contract. And today I'm welcoming back John Apino with Contract Diagnostics to help us know whether we're being paid fairly as existing attendings. Maybe it's time for a raise. Welcome back, John. <laughs> Yes, thank you, Tammy. It's always good to be here to see your face, of course, and we love doing these. And yeah, I mean, as you know, as a physician yourself, it's you spend so much time getting to the point where you sign that first contract, and then you spend so much time, you know, keeping your training up and dedicating to your craft. Everyone's heard the time is money equation, and everybody, no matter if you're a barista working at a coffee shop or a physician and you're highly compensated, it's important to understand that equation. How much are you working? And of course, how much are you paid? And is the equation fair? So yeah, knowing production, knowing your compensation, and of course, how it stacks and of course, how it goes up over time is something that we take very seriously at contract diagnostics. So I'm excited that we're going to talk about it today. I am too. When you have a person or a group come to you, you know, to ask about, you know, maybe reviewing their compensation plans, how mm -hmm. do you start that process? Every position is different. You know, some are paid on a shift rate, some are paid, you know, a salary, some have production bonuses with, you know, RVUs or with, you know, collections or, you know, net profits or, you know, there's so many different ways that they could be paid as a W-2 or as a 1099 or even like on a K-1 if they're a partner. And so the first thing we want to do before we even, you know, I mean, if someone says I'm a, a specialty physician, I'm a rheumatologist and I'm making 300,000, is that good or bad? Well, we don't know. You know, because we don't, we need to know where they are. A rheumatologist in San Diego is paid much differently than a rheumatologist in Des Moines, Iowa. You know, a rheumatologist who's, you know, working 36 patient contact hours or 40 contact hours is much different. One that's working in the hospital versus one that's not is much different. And then we, now we can talk about production. You know, I mean, if you're a 75th percentile producer on RVU, then the question of course becomes is, are you a 75th percentile on compensation? And that's where we really take a lot of our conversations around, you know, is what do the numbers look like? You know, if you're paid at the 75th percentile and you're producing at the 90th percentile, the 75th percentile for whatever specialty in any market is a fairly good wage, but is it fair? You know, and how would you define fair? Well, everyone has their own kind of definition, but I would say if you're producing at the 90th and you're paid at the 75th, something's a myth. So you could be paid a million dollars a year for doing what you are great at and be undercompensated. And that's not good. So it's important that every physician understands, number one, of course, their compensation structure. And then number two, they understand, is it fair for them with their particular situation in their particular market. And those are things that no, you know, survey can tell you, you know, just cut and dry that no, you know, WebMD survey or practice link survey or doximetry survey can mention because they're just numbers, you know. And so to compare all of those things, the story matters, I guess, is my point. And to have, you know, that conversation with, with somebody. And then, of course, you know, how to bring it up to administration to talk about if you're paid fair or not is very, very important and something that every single physician should do out there. Every 
I believe every two or three years once they've signed their initial contract. And of course, before they sign their initial contract, so they start off on the right foot as well. You know, I'm, I belong to a hospitalist group and I don't remember how many members there are, but one of the members posed the question the other day that they had not had a raise since 2017 and their group went to administration and said, you know, hey, it's been five years, probably time for a raise. And administration told them that they're not able to give them a raise because they have to stay within fair market value. And I feel like sometimes administrations hide behind that fair market value law. Do you come across that very often? And how do you you coach people to handle that? You know, I think it depends on how they're defining fair market. You know, there's no like, you know, the the U.S. government doesn't have fair market for a pediatrician cannot earn more than X dollars. You know, so long as work's being performed, the physician should fall under. Now, again, We've seen in contracts, fair market value is defined by the compensation committee, or fair market value is defined by the 75th percentile of this particular survey, say MGMA, for example. We've seen this, we've seen fair market value defined as 120% of the 90th percentile of this given survey or blended survey. So everyone seems to define it a little differently. You know, if you're signing your first contract, they may blend all of your things into your quote fair market value analysis. So if you've got a signing bonus and a salary, they may blend CME dollars or relocation in there. There might be student loan put in there. So if they're saying your fair market per year can't go above 300, you know, they add everything in and they amortize it. Sometimes, you know, maybe you have a two-year guarantee or a three-year or a five-year guarantee. So if they've said you can't earn more than 300 over, you know, per year, you know, they may have to amortize your signing bonus out over five years to keep you under that 300,000 mark. If your salary is 290, for example, you know, and your salaries, you know, your signing bonus is 50,000, they've only got $10,000 a year worth of play. So some of them, some of it is a reasonable, you know, they have a good rationale for why they do what they do, but oftentimes it's just an excuse to not give the physician more. So my first question would be is, how are you defining fair market value? And again, based on what? So if I'm producing at the 75th percentile, but you're defining my cap on fair market at the 50th or the median, that makes no sense. Right. You know, there is... Most of the times, so long as a hospital has documentation that the physician is performing a service, they're producing at the 75th percentile. They're taking 10 days of call per month or 15 days of call per month. You know, they're the medical director or they're also in the GME program or, you know, they usually don't have a problem showcasing that the physician's earning that much. Now, if the physician's producing at the 10th percentile and they're paid at the 70th percentile, that's where the hospital kind of has asterisks. And they say, well, maybe this is outside of fair market because if you're producing at the 10th and perform- and getting paid at the 70th, that is kind of hard to quantify. But if you're being paid at the 90th and you're producing at the 90th, who's to say that that's not commensurate? So again, I think important for any group to know how they're paid, right? The structure of their compensation, maybe that could be reevaluated. And again, what's their production if the hospital is pulling production numbers? But the fact that you had a friend that hasn't had a raise since 2017, I think you said, doesn't surprise me. The last stat that I saw said 38% of physicians have not had a raise in the last four years. Oh my gosh. So four out of 10 people. So there's probably a million physicians from what I've seen online, 900,000 to a million, depending on how you look at it. 
So there are, say, 350,000 physicians out there that haven't had a merit increase on any. Again, how do we define it? I mean, are we talking about RVU increase, a percent of collections increase, uh, overall increase in their pay per year? So their W-2 hasn't gone up. I don't remember, recall how the stat was defined, but they haven't had a raise in f- four years was the stat. You, know, you said 2017, which would be five. And of course, we all know that you know, in the financial markets right now, that inflation is one of those key things. So if, you know, gas is going up to whatever it is based on your location and housing has gone up and mortgage rates are going up and the price of milk is going up and an airline ticket I just saw is skyrocketing, you know, and you're not getting a raise, your money, you're earning less, if you will, right? Because sure. your money has less power over time. And that's not good for any physician. And, you know, we look at, you know, MGMA data that comes out and we routinely see a physician has to do more and more production to earn the same amount of dollars. And there's a lot underneath that with reimbursement rates and everything else. But I think if a physician has not had a raise, it's a wonderful time to raise your hand and go into the employer, especially if it's the whole group, because we feel like when a group raises their hand, they can get a lot of collective action. Yeah, I would think they would have more power coming in as an entire group than one person. Yeah. We, we did a contract review here, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago, and it was just one physician, you know, the, you know, and I don't know how she decided to have her contract review. She was already working and attending, but maybe she didn't have her contract reviewed at first. And she signed up for a package and she went through a review with one of our folks here. After reviewing, you know, compensation data and reviewing the numbers, you know, our reviewer had said, look, you're being undercompensated and here are five ways that you could ask for a raise. And so she told the physician and the physician went to management and leadership and said, I feel like I'm underpaid. And these are all the reasons why. And again, I would hope that this would be the way that most administrators would respond. But unfortunately, I don't think it is. The administration said, that's interesting. Let us look at it. We haven't looked at, I think she was a hospitalist. We haven't looked at the hospitalist data or the hospitalist compensation plan for three years. They went back and they looked at the plan for all 26 hospitalists. They compared it to the data they had, the data that she had. They went through the talking points that she brought up, which we helped her with, and they gave everybody a raise, all 26 Oh my gosh! because of one physician saying, I think I want to have a conversation with somebody uh, at Contract Diagnostics that can give me some good advice. And I, I don't, again, I think if we did that 100 times, I don't know if that would happen tw- twice or 90 times. But <laughs> it's an example of like somebody saying, you know, I, I want to at least look at this and understand and worst case scenario, you spend a couple hundred bucks and you understand how you're paid and you know that you're paid fairly, you know, and if, or if you're overpaid, you know, but if you're underpaid, it's definitely worth it because then we can provide the guidance, the tools to go in and have that conversation, hopefully get a, a merit increase or a raise or a retention bonus or a one-time payment or something that would make your time for money equation be more reasonable. Have you noticed any trends in looking at that new MGMA data that came out? What? Four weeks ago, five weeks ago now? Yeah, so we're still getting into it. It's dense and they cut it up a lot more than they usually do, which is great for you know for us to be able to help physicians evaluate their pay, but it also makes it a little more challenging because there's so many metrics to look through when you're going through something. But in every single, I should say every, in most of the ways that we've looked at the data, every physician, every specialty, every region, every state, fill in the blank, came out on top last year. So it was a great return year to growth for earnings, 
for production in the medical field. We saw overall compensation rise significantly among some. CMS had a major change in July, which impacted the earnings of most every physician, some specialties more than others. And we saw that reflective in the data. So, you know, that's one of the things that we were happy to see. And it's just all the more reason that a physician, if they haven't raised their hand, or maybe, you know, maybe they had changes during COVID and the employer hasn't gone back and renewed things. You know, maybe they had a lull during COVID, or maybe they were, you know, they felt like they weren't treated fair during COVID. And since then, it just hasn't been a Appropriate. It's never been a better time with new data coming out. Our, the data that we have at Contract Diagnostics, of course, is like real time because if we did 10 contract reviews today, we have data from 10 deals. You know, And so we don't have to wait for a year plus for data to come out, which is now already a year late. We have real time data. So it's good to have blended data where you understand here's you know, you know, a, a big robust data set and here's more real time data because it helps the physician evaluate how they're paid on at their particular situation. And of course, MGMA is fantastic, but it's still global. It still has California. It still has the Western region. So San Jose is much different than Sacramento, is much different than, you know, than rural California. And California is still in the same region as, as Montana and Wyoming, you know. And, you know, and Des Moines, Iowa is very different than Ames, Iowa, but they're both in Iowa. And, you know, Des Moines is a big city depending on how you frame it, but it's also much smaller than Chicago. But Chicago is also in the Midwest region. So it's also hard to take the data and just look at it, you know, as in a one size fits all, because again, the story matters for each individual physician out there, whether it's their first deal or they're signing a renewal on their, you know, their 12th year at the same practice. That You were saying the MGMA data really went up for the last year. I was afraid you would have seen the opposite trend just because you know, we had so many patients not coming in 2020 with COVID. Do you think they just all swarmed back in in 2021 and caused the data to benefit the physician maybe? Well, I think there was a few things. One, I think there was pent up demand, like we saw in lots of things from home improvement, you know, to, (laughs) to everything. I think we saw pent up demand. We saw people who didn't get out of the house, whether it's for, you know, for elective procedures, you know, plastics and cosmetics and that type of thing or whether it's just for more surgeries or routine visits. And I think because people may be delayed care, that maybe cause more, you know, if you don't come in for your routine visits, you know, maybe your blood pressure is higher than it should have been for too long, or your A1C is out of control. It doesn't get caught early enough. And that therefore you're, you know, to, to fix what was broke requires more care, more sophistication, more procedures, those types of things. So I think it was a lot of pent up demand and just, you know, just layering up diseases that didn't get taken care of. I don't know if it has anything to do, but I, I did see that I think like, like the average person gained, I don't know how many pounds during COVID. So <laughs> I didn't I know, know that know was that included in the data. But, uh, well, yeah, MGMA doesn't report on weight gain, of course, but you oh. know, I don't know if that had something to do with it. But there also was a significant CMS change. So as CMS looks at revaluing certain, you know, certain RVU codes, they had change in 2021. We've got an article that we did on it that we can send to your folks if you think that's beneficial. But there was a big change in July and some employers adopted it early. Some took their time, some still haven't. But there was a, there was a change to CMS on how they are valuing some specialties codes. And so that impacted other physicians as well by doing no more visits, no more volume, no more procedures. Their RVUs were higher in that light 
simply because of the way that CNS is valued. Some employers, because of that, changed compensation ahead of time so the physicians didn't make any more money. Some simply didn't, and the physicians made more money. Some, some didn't change it because they didn't accept the new codes. They delayed when they implemented the new 2021 codes. So it's all dependent on, again, the individual story, but there's lots of things under the hood of the data looked really good last year, and everybody should take a peek at what their specific data looks like. When coming to you to help with that, do they go through contract review? Do they go through compensation RX? How do you start the process of knowing whether it is time for a raise? Yeah, it's just dependent on each individual physician, you know? I mean, if, of course, if they haven't had their contract reviewed or haven't had their contract reviewed in a while, contract diagnostics, having a full review is something that, you know, that they should do. You know, if they're at their job and they're enjoying it and they're just curious as to how they're paid, Doing compensation RX is great, right? You get us. We talk to the people for 30 minutes. We don't just, here's, you know, here's our data. Here's contract diagnostics data or whatever, and go ahead and, you know, use it. It's a full comprehensive call where we spend 30 minutes understanding the story and going through numbers and providing coaching and guidance on what that could sound like. And uh, those are super fun for us. And they're super valuable for the clients that we get to do them on. You know, I've had so many emails that we've had of people who've come through that, that, that product, if you will, and they've had, you know, 41% increases in their compensation based on a discussion that they had with us for 30 minutes and then with their employer. You know, 41% increase was a family medicine doc, went from 180,000 to 250, Wow! you know, because their compensation hadn't been looked at it four years, or maybe, I'm sorry, seven years, and they were producing off the charts and they didn't even know it. You know, oh and he was a leader in the program and they hired two other sports docs under him. And they like, there was this huge story that just layered, layered. And because we understood the story, we can guide him and coach him on how that conversation sounded. So that's just a fantastic, you know, thing that anybody should know is, and you know, this, I mean, physicians, you know, you're not born salespeople or even business <laughs> thinkers. And so there's some great books on contracts out there. You know, there's some you know, great podcasts out there. There's some great websites out there that give you all kinds of good information. The AMA has a ton of great resources, but having something that's having a conversation with somebody that's specific to your converse, to your particular situation, and then leading you with, you know, this is how it could sound for you. Because obviously a pediatrician might say something differently than a surgeon would say. Sure. And then understanding how do you, you know, frame it for a surgeon that's going to this particular location. And how do you frame it for a hospitalist or a pediatrician or a rheumatologist going to this particular location? So everything is quite different and unique, which is why, you know, which is why we just have a, a blast doing what we do here. So how would someone go about getting in touch with you or your company to, you know, get this process started? So first off, before anybody ever does that, of course, of course, realizing how you're paid is one thing, right? So make sure you're looking at your pay stubs, you're seeing what's what it's for. I made 20 grand or 40 grand or 50 grand last month. That's great. What for? You know, and they should definitely dig into that. They can do that on their own without paying any company any money. So, you know, how is the quality bonus displayed? How is my production laid out? How is my extra shift rate? Is it paid per month or bucketed for the quarter? If you get paid extra for extra shifts, you know, understanding if you do have production numbers, right? How do your RVUs get presented to you? How does your collections get rolled out to you? Do you agree with them? Do you see the numbers or are you just given a check every month and you think, wow, that's a ton of money and I can pay my bills so I'm happy. So first thing before they call anybody and give anybody any kind of money is to figure out and to understand for them, do I understand my structure? 
do I understand my situation and how I am paid? That's the first step, right? Making sure that the employer has full transparency and they're willing to give them the reports and the necessary tools for them to sit back and say, look at my production's gone up every single month and therefore I've made more every single month. Or my production over the last four years has been the same and my compensation has stayed the same or gone down or gone up, right? So they should always be able to understand and know that on their own. That's They don't need to pay anybody any money to figure that out. If they want to call us and see if we could help or have a recommendation, if we think we could, I mean, my goal is to help the physicians, of course, not take their money. So if we don't feel like we can help them, of course, we would say, don't go with us, go somewhere else, or you don't need to pay us anything. But yeah, I mean, but they can go to contractdiagnostics.com and our packages are, you know, there and, you know, the products are there. They can sign up for a free consult if they want to. We can do a talk at their residency program or for their hospitalist group or their you know, grand rounds or whatever hospital. There's all kinds of ways that they can interact with us. But, you know, if they need to use one of our products or something, I mean, that's online, but that's almost like the secondary thing I care about. I care about yeah. getting them the information that they need to make their situation better. And if it's through something that we can offer, that's fantastic. And if it's just giving them free tools and information, um, we have a great resource page coming where they'll be able to download all kinds of free stuff. I'm hoping it's in the works right now. We're getting stuff We've got most of our content done and we're uploading it. So once we get that done, we'll of course share it with financial residency and, and have links, but they'll be able to go there and watch videos and download content and read blogs and all that stuff without ever giving anybody a nickel. So we're hoping to have that up here in the next month or so. You have a physician who's just entirely geared towards education too. Is that correct? We do. Dr. Catherine is here and she doesn't, she writes content and she makes videos and she does lectures and she's, you know, she's fantastic. So anything that she can do, she is there to help. If it's just hopping on the phone with a physician and having a colleague to colleague discussion, if it's giving a lecture at a program, if it's you know, writing a particular, writing, if somebody out there in FR land has like a topic that, that they would like to hear more on, of course, feel free to email Tammy or email me, John at contract diagnostics. And, you know, we can put content together and Dr. Catherine can write a post or we can do videos. There's all kinds of great things we can do for everyone's particular questions and situations. So yeah, she's here and she's able to help with anything that any program or any individual physician needs as well. I just, I love your company. I think that you do, I mean, wonderful work helping physicians, but you're also just so geared to education and, you know, just I don't know. Thanks for working with us. I really appreciate it, John. Yeah, no, you're most welcome. And I don't know, maybe we'd make a lot more money if we were focused on taking money from doctors <laughs> instead of educating them. But we started the company 12 years ago with helping not, not caring about finances. And we figured if we just helped enough people that the finances would be okay. And they have been. So, you know, we worry about helping more. And uh, it's funny you say that because when someone brings a project to me at the company, my first question is, it, does it help our doctors? You know, is it good for the doctors? Okay, now and then okay, the answer is yes or no. Of course, if it's no, we throw it away. If it's yes, okay, then we start evaluating like, okay, you know, how long is it going to take? Who's going to work on it? You know, we don't even ask what it costs until much later down the road because we care about those other things way more. So, and you know, so far it's worked out for us. So, yeah, if any, if we can help anybody with anything, it's not about signing up for packages or you know, or buying something from us. They can find us easily online. Of course, there's a link on the FR page, I think, as well. And, and anything we can do, we'll be here to help. So I appreciate you having me on. These are always fun to do. And I know I'm looking forward to my coffee with coffee and contracts, I think we're calling it, you know. Yeah. So we've got more of those coming out. Those are super fun. And we love being part of FR as well. Good deal. Well, John, thanks for joining me again today. And 
If anybody does need help with their contract, you can go to contractdiagnostics.com and all that free education, blogs, videos, you know, anything. Tons of good stuff on there. Sounds like good free stuff on there. Yeah, check it out. Well, thanks for joining me, John. And I hope you'll all come back next week for Grand Rounds.